Today we meet in Psalm chapter 28 to chapter 30. Psalm 28 is a cry in the time of trouble. It is a wonderful little psalm which opens a cry, which contains really a cry. David is in trouble here, and he is crying out to God for help. It is also a prophetic psalm of Israel during the time of tribulation. It is a prayer for judgment upon his enemies and a praise to God for the deliverance he knows will come. This psalm is actually preliminary to the next psalm, which is Psalm 29. Psalm 28 verse 1. To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. You see here, Israel knew about the rock, which is very important. This rock Israel rejected as Moses lamented. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 15. Then he, this was referring to Israel, then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. A rock is something to stand upon. It provides a sure foundation. And it is important to know that this cry is saying, I trust in you, my rock. Psalm 28 verse 2. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. The holy sanctuary here refers to the mercy city which was in the tabernacle. The mercy seat Christ has provided is what you and I need to cling on to today. We no longer have to go into the sanctuary to look for the ark and then go to the mercy seat. But Christ has already died and shed his blood for you and me. Psalm 28 verse 6. Blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplications. You see, my friend, God hears and he answers prayers. As a result, David is blessing the Lord. And even now in Psalm 20. 8 verse 7 to verse 9, he says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Serve your people, and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also, and bear them up forever. You see, we see from this reading that God is power. He is mighty. He is a shield for protection. He is the power and protection. But you say, is he my power? Is he my protection? He is, if your heart trusts him. If you have not trusted him, he is not your power. He is not your protection. If you trust God, he will help you. He will hear and answer your prayers, just like he did for David. Then we are also told he is the saving refuge of his anointed. The anointed is the Messiah Christ, 
who is so often mentioned in the psalm as the coming deliverer of Israel. Actually, the psalm concluded with the plea that says, Serve your people. Or another translation says, Shepherd your people. The anointed one is their shepherd who will lift them up forever. And that shepherd will lift them up forever when he comes. This is why we talk of these psalms as talking of the period when Israel will be going through the great tribulation period, which is the future. Psalm 29 is also a wonderful psalm. It talks of the voice of the Lord in a thunderstorm. It is a nature psalm. It is not the first nature psalm, by the way, as we have already read Psalm 8, Psalm 8 and Psalm 19. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. You see, Psalm 8 can be a psalm that can be read maybe on a good clear night. But when we read Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Well, that can be even a psalm that can be read during the day. The psalmist also likens the sun to a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. That is a daytime psalm. Now we come to a psalm that describes a storm. In this psalm is the gloom of the tempest, the clap of thunder, and the flash of lightning, and the terror on every side. This psalm sweeps along with all the freedom and the majesty of a storm. There is a sort of a, a triumph that is seen here, a glorious abandon, a courageous exaltation in this psalm. Psalm 29 Reading it, you find that the first two verses are the prologue. Give to the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. You see, David lifts our thoughts to the very highest point. Now the epilogue is the last two verses of that psalm. You read there, The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The storm, with all its fury, lashed across the land, but Jehovah was still in control. Oh, my friend, in the storms of life, God is still in control. That is what this psalm teaches us. Also, I want you to notice the setting of this psalm. David wrote it. Although David was an outdoor man, you see, this storm came when he was not outside. Actually, David was in Jerusalem, a city that was beautifully situated. David was in his cedar palace. Built on Mount Zion, the highest point, he could view the whole land. He could look to the northeast and see the clouds beginning to gather and watch as the storm was getting ready to break forth. 
considering now the geography of the land of Israel, you could almost see that picture. Maybe starting from Jerusalem, you have the Mediterranean Sea on your left to the west. Up north, there are two ranges of mountains, the Lebanon and the anti-Lebanon. There is Mount Carmel up there at Haifa and Mount Hermon, the Sea of Galilee on the east, the Valley of Asderolon, the Jordan River and the Dead Sea. Then there is Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim in Samaria and the ragged terrain lying immediately north. Bethel, Ai, Anatoth are just north of Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, you look to the west and see Joppa to the east. You see Jericho. And to the south, you see the wilderness of Judea, frightful and ominous. David and Amos knew how to survive in that wilderness. From David's palace on Mount Zion, the highest point in the city of Jerusalem, he could look over the landscape and even see this storm gathering. So that's the context in which David is actually speaking. And picture him sitting there in Mount Zion, seeing the storm that is gathering and how he sees and interprets and begins to sing this psalm. We are now introduced to the prologue, verse 1 to verse 2 of Psalm chapter 29. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Notice that this psalm is addressed to the mighty ones of the earth, exhorting them. To give God the glory and to submit themselves to the kingdom of Messiah. That means it's actually addressed to those in power, to those in authority, to those who make big decisions that have an impact on people. What are they to do? They are to give glory to God and submit themselves to the kingdom of the Messiah. Again, it raises the issue, those in power are there because God has ordained them. What is the subject matter that the psalmist is going to talk about? We come to that subject matter, uh, the substance of the psalm. You see, Psalm 29 describes the awesome power of the Lord through the image of a crushing thunderstorm that sweeps the length of Canaan. We have three strophes or stanzas in this psalm, if you like. Psalm 29, verse 3 to verse 4. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. That is the beginning of the storm. Way up in the northwest, there is distant thunder and lightning. The storm is gathering. The storm begins to move down towards Jerusalem. And the voice of the Lord is the thunder. In the palace, David sees the gathering storm. He hears the wind begin to blow. 
the clouds become black and angry. They hide the sun, and it is dark at midday. There is the low rumble of thunder and the flash of lightning, which is streaked and fogged. Wow, this is not a summer shower. No, no, this is not an ordinary storm. It breaks on the Mediterranean coast. The waves roar high and break with the sound of a cannon on the shore. The angry waves mount up, and then the storm strikes inland. Jerusalem will not escape it. It comes closer and closer. And David here says the voice of the Lord is powerful. You can now hear that thunder. It shakes everything. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It is awe-inspiring. Psalm 29 verse 5 tells us, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. You picture it again as the thunder rolls and rumbles. Lebanon is shaken. The trees are struck by lightning. Mighty Mount Hermon is shaken like a dog shakes a rabbit. As the storm draws nearer to Jerusalem, its approach is majestic and awe-inspiring. It rolls along with the rhythm of the thunder and lightning over the hills. Here it comes as it begins to roll. Psalm 29 verse 6 to verse 7. He makes them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. You see, the picture continues here to be shaped. Remember, David is sitting on the high point in his palace in Jerusalem. The lightning is near Jerusalem. It pops and cracks like heavy guns in the battle. The storm breaks with all its fury. In Jerusalem, the streets are deserted. A whoosh settles over the city. It is the whoosh before the mallet blow comes, you see. Only the barking of a dog in the Kidron Valley can be heard. Suddenly it comes. Rain descends in torrents. Savage winds hail themselves against the walls of Jerusalem. A shutter breaks loose. It bangs and makes a tremendous noise. David has been through this before. He waits patiently and listens to the voice of the Lord his God. Psalm 29 verse 8. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Now David sees the storm passing over. It moves away and the rains set up. And the rains let up and the winds die down. The storm is departing and the people begin to open their doors. They begin to open their shutters. The storm is departing from Jerusalem and is now advancing upon the wilderness of Judea to the south and west. Kadesh is down there. Soon the storm is spent in the wilderness of Sinai. The air is fresh. And David can hear the roar of waters down in the Kidron Valley. Psalm 29 verse 9. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and stripes the forest bare. And in his temple everyone says, Glory! You see, the storm did accomplish some good. Animals were frightened, causing some 
that were carrying young ones to give birth, there was no prolonged pain. It also caused some people to go to the temple who had not been there for a long time. They went to the temple to call upon the Lord. The storm has died away and has disappeared in the south. The, everyone saying, Glory to God. And of course, the epilogue of this psalm has these words. Psalm 29 verse 10. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. God was in charge of this storm all the time, just as he was in charge of the flood. Verse 11 of Psalm 29. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. My friend, the power of God in a storm is great, and it is he who gives strength during a storm. God can strengthen and enable us to go through the storms of life and know what peace is afterward. In every storm of life, he is in control and he will bless his people with peace. This psalm has a message for you and me. We belong to a new creation. We do not belong to the old creation. We belong to the last Adam. There are storms in the new creation, spiritual storms, storms that threaten to destroy us. If you are God's child, you have been through storms, or you are in a storm even right now. The last Adam, Jesus Christ himself, is the master of storms. He went through storms with his own. He still goes with you, even in your storms. Once when he was with his disciples, they were in a boat. A storm came up on the Sea of Galilee. In this instance, the Lord quieted the storm, but he does not always do that. Sometimes he just whispers to us, we are going to make it to the harbor. We are going to make it to the other point. Just keep on trusting the Lord. In David's time, the storm came and it had to go past. We will go over it. That is important to see, my friend. This takes us to Psalm chapter 30, and that is a hallelujah psalm for healing. This psalm is a song at the dedication of the house of David. It is the song of praise and worship. After the storm of life is over, there is a song. Now, some Bible scholars have thought that David wrote this psalm when he brought the ark up to Jerusalem and placed it in the tabernacle that he had erected for it. Others have thought that it was written for the dedication of the threshing floor of Arauna, the area where the future temple was to be built. Still others believe that it has a prophetic aspect and was David's expression of praise and thanksgiving when God promised to build him a house. Now, it is interesting to note that in the modern Jewish ritual, it is used at the Feast of Chanukah, the Feast of Dedication. This psalm is used at the Feast of Dedication, which dates back to the time of the Maccabees. Psalm 30 verse 1 and 2. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up. And you have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. 
Now, many Bible scholars again believe that David was once sick as Hezekiah, and God raised him up. We have no record of what his sickness might have been, but these verses tell us that God healed him. Psalm 30 verse 4 Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. You see, we give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. We ought to be thankful that we have a holy God who deals with us in grace. Psalm 30 verse 5 For the anger, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. His favor lasts for a lifetime. His anger just for a moment. So you see, he is an amazing God. He turns our mourning into dancing again. The storm will be over. Even if God judges me, his anger endures just for a moment. The disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is never pleasant, but the discipline of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives is never pleasant, but we have an assurance that his anger does not last forever. Joy does come in the morning. Discipline is not pleasant. Punishment is not pleasant. But God's anger does not last forever. It only lasts for a moment. Psalm 30, verse 12. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Yes, having experienced the mercies of God that I knew every morning and his anger lasting just for a short time. The only result is that you would burst into praise and not keep silent and testify of God's goodness. You see here, a prayer for God's mess is quickly uttered. But the prayer is uttered in distress. It also exhibits a confidence in the result. Suddenly, all was changed. God had done a wonderful thing in the time of David, his servant. And David could only say, O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I will give thanks to you forever. He turns our mourning into dancing again. We cannot keep silent but to give him praise. What David said, I want to say. I hope it is what you want to say too. David's life had changed. He went from sickness to health, from mourning to gladness, from silence to praise. Hallelujah. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.